In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. So the story starts well enough this morning. Jesus is still in the lead. And whenever Jesus is in the lead, that's a good thing. When Jesus is in the lead, we're still on the way home, the way of wise men and wise women that has risen up under us since Christmas as Jesus goes about the business of taking creation back one day in person and sea and storm and demon and disciple at a time. Today, as he leads, Jesus starts by sorting the crowd. There are those who are amazed, and there are those who are afraid. Over the past few weeks, Jesus' way has gotten more and more difficult for them and perhaps even for some of you. And so perhaps it's become more frightening. Knowing this about us, as a kindness, Jesus sorts his followers today. Not everybody can take everything that comes next all at once. And so he takes his 12 aside, just those who are amazed, and for the moment he leaves those who are afraid behind. Why does Jesus do that? He does it because he doesn't want to break anybody. This sort of sorting is very normal in the church. Among his followers, there are always those who are a bit farther along than others, and Jesus' way is to use everybody best he can, but without putting such a press on them that it pushes them beyond their means. In this case, there is an outside chance that those who are in awe, those who are amazed, there's an outside chance that they can take what comes next because awe has an external referent. It is a mix of reverence and respect and astonishment for somebody else. So that has a chance to work this morning. But fear, which is always self-appealing, which is always turned in, fear, which is always self-centered, it's always about me and my feelings and my emotions and my needs and my hurts and my wants and my pain and my future, fear's not going to be able to take what comes next. So once he's got him off to the side, Jesus tells the twelve his story. The way home to Eden goes through the cross. And the cross is going to be particularly painful, not just for me, says Jesus, but also for all of you. In just a few weeks, he says, you will see me betrayed and condemned and spit upon and flogged and murdered. And then after three days, you will see me rise from the dead. With that, Jesus has just bared his soul to his closest friends. But what comes next is so bizarre that it's amazing we have a church at all. When Jesus draws them near to say, I'm dying, all his best friends can say is, 
Well, that's great. Let's talk about something else. And that something else turns out to be them. The 12 want to talk about themselves. We want what we want. Do whatever it is we say, please. And so, at least for today, it turns out that awe is compromised just like fear. And it turns out to be no better here. The first two say, when all this shakes out in glory, we'd like to sit right next to you. The next ten say, why do James and John always get to sit in the front seat? If Jesus ever sighed, this would have been the place. Today, Jesus is 0 for 12. And so he starts over, once more, from the top. There isn't going to be any glory, says Jesus, at least not the kind of glory you're thinking of. We aren't just going to toss the idiots out and move in and do the same old thing. What we're going to do is turn the world upside down. I am among you as one who serves. That little exchange sums up the Christian life. So long as Jesus leads and follow me still has some meaning, all is well. But whenever we charge into the lead, we shouldn't, or think that the church works just like the world, it doesn't, or make Jesus into a king, he's not, at least not the kind of king we normally think about, a king who gets his way by power, by smiting his enemies. He won't. Then we're done for. There's no point in having a church if the church works just like the world. Did you happen to see the school musical this week, Noah's Remarkable Voyage? Rave reviews all around for anybody first through fourth grade. The big finish was the rainbow, particularly cleverly staged. But I don't know if you've ever stopped to think how literal a sign the rainbow is. You remember the story of Noah, I think. The Lord became so weary with human beings taking the lead ignoring him and acting like kings and pushing power on each other and smiting one another and ruining all creation. The Lord got so tired of them only thinking about themselves that one day he washed everybody down the drain, save Noah and his family, eight in all. But when it was all done, God said to himself, that wasn't very pleasant. And it's the last time I'll do that. And to mark his promise, he set his bow. And now you need to think literally as in bow and arrow. He set his bow in the clouds forever. When he's done with the flood, he just hangs it up and he promises not to use it anymore. At least not to smite the whole earth one more time and wash them all down the drain. And most bizarrely, and most literally, I think, he points his bow and arrows skyward. 
So if he ever needs to take a shot at anybody again, he takes it at himself. And now you see the Jesus way starts to make sense. I am among you as one who serves, and I will serve you best when I'm betrayed and condemned and mocked and spit upon and flogged and murdered. And then after three days, rise from the dead. I won't wash you all down the drain again. Instead, this is how I will take my creation back, one day in person and sea and storm and demon and disciple at a time. For you and for me, those who are in the church, those following the way of wise men and wise women, the way of recreation and making wrongs right, it is not the way of thrones and crowns and power and smiting enemy and being first. That is not Jesus' way, so it's not our way. It is the way of love and service and obedience and gospel and putting other people's needs ahead of our own. And all of those mean the same thing. The way home over the next few weeks will be very painful, smitten, stri stricken, afflicted, all of that. The light who is the life of the world will go dark and the bread of heaven will go uneaten and justice will hang above an unjust world, very dead. But for all of us, that is better than the alternative. To be washing us down the drain or piercing us with arrows is no sort of atonement. It really doesn't do us any good if we're simply punished for all the ill we've done. It just pays us back and it gives us what we deserve, death and hell. But if the bow is really turned upward and if the shot is really taken at Christ and by shooting him through, piercing him with nails and then with spear, right in the heart, the heart that was made bare to those disciples. And water and blood run out, that is, baptism and Eucharist. Then that is the answer to everything. If being lifted up and drawing all men and women to himself, in being among us as one who serves, if that is where Jesus finds his greatest glory, then we do too. And that really is the way home. God grant us the grace to follow that, to follow and not to lead. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.